Welcome back to yet another week of Smoky College Football Picks with the Bandit. I'm Smoky. I always get my locks wrong. I'm here with the Bandit. But I'm picking pretty good this year for the most part, I think, Bandit. We sitting here, I supposed to be a franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. We sitting here, I supposed to be a franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. I'm practice. In my opinion, that sucks. Disgraceful yeah, Smokey, we've got, uh, you've got some pretty decent picks overall, but man, your locks are horrible. I gotta tell you, did you get the hot sauce ready? Because you missed another one last week. I, I did it pre-show. Was I supposed to do it during the show? I think you're supposed to do it right now, but that's okay. We'll get it right when you miss the lock this week. Uh, but on the other side, the bandit's not picking as well as you are, uh, I don't think overall, but I'm hitting all my locks. So that's two in a row on popping and locking. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I, I thought when I was looking at the recaps, I was doing pretty good last week, and uh, I, I, I knew I missed my lock, but, hey, nobody could have predicted that performance by Florida. Talk about a Jekyll and Hyde team. Yeah, well, well, somebody did predict that, that, that and that, that, that person was the bandit oh, okay. calling, uh, going the other way with Kentucky and that, or, or saying that Florida was going to cover that. That, that spread, but I'll tell you what, um, you know, this is a better week for college football. Are, are you excited? Are you fired up? I'm very excited. There's a lot of great games this week, but we got to go over a few ridiculous things that happened last week before we move on. Did you happen to catch Nick Satan going all uh, incredible home? Satan? Yeah, Nick Satan <laughs> going. I, I mean, if anybody deserves to, like, get his head ripped off on the sidelines, it's Lane Kiffin, but... Are you kidding me, Nick Saban? You're a joke, man. That's not the way you treat people. All you had to do was wait like 12 seconds, and you could have done that to, to Kiffin, you know, behind the scenes with the doors closed. I thought it was completely uncalled for. Yeah, I, I, I disagree with you a little bit there. I mean, I, I think that, that Saban has a, uh, a plan. I think that he knows that they had Ole Miss coming up in the next game. I know you say you never look ahead, but certainly in the fourth quarter up by 28, maybe you start thinking about that next one. And, you know, he does not want this team complacent for that old Miss game. And Lane Kiffin, you know, was the recipient of, of what Satan called or, or Nick Saban called an ass chewing. So he just went uh, all full, incredible Hulk, uh, uh, just absolute roid rage, whatever you want to call it, on Kiffin. But I think it was deserved. Evidently, the, I mean, the team was playing horrible. I mean, what, what, what is he supposed to do? 28 points. I mean, I, I just don't. He didn't need to do that on a sideline. It speaks about his character, and it speaks, uh, um, you know, Nick Saban is not exactly uh, the guy with the best character in the world. I mean, to be a great football coach like him, he can't be the nicest guy in the world, but I just don't think he needed to do that on the sidelines in front of everybody where he knew everybody was watching. I think it's him saying, I'm in charge, and I'm going to treat and do whatever I want whenever I want. Uh, it's definitely an I'm in charge moment, but I'll tell you, you know, they're they're playing not a great opponent in Western Kentucky, not a bad opponent, but not a great opponent, and it's just Saban's got this thing where he's like he holds everybody to a higher standard, he and that's why they're number one. I mean, a lot of people say that this is the reason why he's so good. He is so good because he is a perfectionist and he demands perfection, even in the games that you're leading by 28 against, you know, a, 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 what what who is going to be pretty much a nobody opponent. Uh, and one of your worst opponents for the rest of the year, and he knows they're getting ready for all. Did you, so I, I, did you hear the conspiracy theorists about Alabama? What is that? Uh, what's the drunkard they hired from USC? 
Sarkeesian, right? Did you hear the only reason they hired him was to keep him away from LSU? Oh, really? Why, why would they care about Sarkeesian going to LSU? Because I guess somebody thinks that LSU is like only a Sarkeesian away from getting back into the national title picture, which I find pretty laughable. Uh, really? Really? <laughs> You're not talking about like a great coach here, but yeah, there's some conspiracy theorists out there on the internet that think the only reason Alabama hired him was to keep him from being the next head coach of LSU. Okay, well, is Sarkeesian playing quarterback? Because that's the only way LSU gets back in the mix, yeah. is if they get a quarterback. No. So, so yeah, unless Sarkeesian has a quarterback, you know, like a Friday Night Lights thing where he's got some quarterback in his pocket he's going to bring over with his coaching, uh, I, I don't think it's going to make a whole lot of difference. And uh, and I'll tell you what, you know, the last thing on this Ole Miss thing is they've beaten them two years in a row. We'll get to the game, but you know Saban has been circling this one on the calendar. That burns him up that they've lost two in a row to Ole oh, Miss. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. So another team that's all burned up, uh, and rightfully so, I think, is Oklahoma State. Uh, they get the loss last week uh, at home against Central Michigan. The refs call a uh, uh, intentional grounding on Oklahoma State. Game should be over uh, at that point. They give Central Michigan an untimed down. You see, you've seen the rest on Sports Center. Uh, Hail Mary, lateral touchdown. They lose. What do you think about – I mean, should Oklahoma State be able to complain and say, look, this is BS. Wipe that loss off our record. I'm a man. I'm 40, Mike Gundy. Life ain't fair, buddy. Stuff happens. Live with it. You lost. You got screwed. Yeah, I mean, I think I think bad calls are just part of sports is the thing. I that, that, that's that's where I'm going with it. It's a damn shame, and and you know that that whole Mac crew. And by the way, that that's one thing that that, that you and I have talked about is that these away teams, you know, so it was, it was uh, a Mac crew at Oklahoma State. They they're really saying, look, we need a Big Five crew that actually knows the rules. Uh, I think they've all been suspended. Is that right? Yeah, I believe they've all been suspended two weeks. The replay officials have been suspended two weeks. And I think none of those refs could plan on working on Sundays anytime in their future. Yeah, they, they can they can work as replacement refs. Remember when the NFL had those oh, and they completely screwed everything up? Those refs were really bad. Yeah, they must have come from the Mac. <laughs> but the <laughs> true point. But the, but the uh, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, you can't. You know, uh, Gundy needs to get uh, get over it. Uh, everybody needs to get over it. It happened. It's a mistake. It's not the first mistake. It's not the last mistake. But you know what? So many people had to miss this. The refs on the field, the replay officials, both coaches. I, I mean, I, I've seen a coach stop a game to get out a rule book to say, wait, 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 wait. There, there's something in the rules. Somebody could have stopped this, but they completely missed yeah, it. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's a, that's a pretty bad screw-up. And uh, I don't know how it happens. I, I guess it's just, uh, you know, uh, high school refs coaching uh, – in college, that uh, should not be uh, coaching in college, but that's a pretty bad screw up. But you know what? You, you don't reverse things. It's you know once they start reversing something, you know the day after, that's uh, opening a whole Pandora's box. I I, I completely agree, and I, and I'll tell you what, you know somebody who opened a Pandora's box of touchdowns. Uh, was this kid at Arizona State? What what happened in this game? I I didn't watch. It. I know I'm going to butcher his name, but what a cool name, Kalen Ballard or Ballard? I think it's Balage. Balage is it Balage? Yeah. Okay, it's not as cool as I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, how Kalen. did you get eight touchdowns and only 137 yards rushing? <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's like uh, – I, I mean, I played high school football with a kid who was in Florida, top rusher to the, in the state. fairness to the listeners, you were a kicker, which really doesn't count. That's a good point. It's a good point. I played football as a very – I use the term very loosely. But this kid had uh, something like uh, 300 yards on six carries in a game. Which is which is pretty impressive. This is the opposite of that. You get eight touchdowns with 137 yards. It's like a bunch of like you know eight yard touchdowns. Do you think the defense might have said, "Hey, you know, I think they might give it to the running back in the red zone." Yeah, I mean, that's how do you get inside? You, you're obviously getting inside the twenty and doing that. Yeah, I don't know what. Uh, who are they playing? Texas Tech. Texas is that right? Tech. Who you know we know they don't have a good defense. And just so you know, it was seven touchdowns rushing. One receiving. He only had like 48 yards receiving. So it's not like he was, yeah, it's not, I mean, I would have loved to have had him in daily fantasy, but it's just eight touchdowns. I I, I know you're the math whiz, so uh, what's eight in the 137 about? uh, uh, Yeah, it's about 16. 16, that's. That's and that's that's just on touchdown carries. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know what else he what else he did. He had 13 carries in the game. So 13 carries, seven of them for touchdowns. That's insane. Yeah, that that, that that's pretty ridiculous. Uh, a, but so here's uh, a good question for you: Will we ever hear this kid's name again after this podcast? You know, I, I, I I'm gonna say yes. He he is probably the luckiest running back. You know, th- this guy's actually uh, he, you, you you'll, you'll hear him in college, not in the pros. He's too big. I mean, he needs to switch positions. He's six two, two fifteen. I mean, I just, I, I just think he's, he's too big for running back in the NFL. But he certainly should play the lotto because he just, you know, hit the, hit the jackpot with eight touchdowns, tying an NCAA record. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, you know, another uh, uh, story that's in the news here is we've got Urban Meyer. Um, you know, evidently he is, he was addicted to Ambien for a period of time. This is an old story that's come up again. Uh, and he used to write speeches and uh, dozens of pages of plays while in an ambient haze. Uh, can you relate to this, Smokey? I, I, first off, I am a big fan of the ambient haze. Um, this is kind of like the football version of A Beautiful Mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's got – okay, explain. That, 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 that sounds very interesting. Yeah, what, you know, it's like uh, – you remember the, beauty, the movie A Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe, right? Yeah, yeah, Jennifer Connelly yeah, and Paul. But yeah, he had imaginary friends. Yeah, that, yeah, that helped him solve equations. I, I imagine like the, the the cleaning crew over there at uh, Florida or wherever Ohio State when he was doing this, they probably like would look into his office because they're cleaning it late at night, and like Urban's there writing on the chalkboard, and he's talking to like the other coaches that aren't there. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture him. See, I, I picture it differently. I picture him like at home. At night, asleep in the bed with the wife. No. He gets up in the middle of the ambient haze, and he goes to his desk, which is right next to his bed, and he just starts furiously scribbling like a madman, you know, like like one of those things like from the movie Seven, like all the notebooks that are filled with like weird like uh, poetry or whatever. I, I think that's him with like plays and speeches and everything, and he just he – just, for the entire night, and then he just wakes up and he's got a bunch of stuff done. Uh, the one thing that this just tells me is that, it, yes, it's confirmed that Oscar Meyer has mental illness. I mean, d- d- does he go back on the Ambien is the other question. I mean, I don't know if he's still on it. Well, Maybe he he sa- it's so funny because he talks about getting powerful potions of Ambien, and I'm like, 
My Ambien's like a whole five milligrams. I can't I can't even get my doctor to give me ten milligrams of Ambien. I mean, so how powerful was this Ambien that he was taking? I I have no idea. I mean, evidently he couldn't sleep without it. I mean, that that's the other thing too is he only sleeps like four hours a day n- normally, and then he needs the he was addicted to Ambien for God knows how long. You, you left out the most uh, important part of that sentence. You said four hours a day, but you left out the the words that said in a coffin. <laughs> in a cryogenic chamber uh, for for Mr. Meyer. Uh, I mean, do you like this in your coach? Are you worried if you're Ohio State and you know your coach is addicted to Ambien? They don't care. As long as he keeps putting up the W's and uh, making those stupid faces on the sideline, uh, they're just happy there at Ohio State. And uh, He's just such a phony, Urban Meyer. He's probably just making this up to get attention. Yeah, yeah, he, he <laughs> that's so wrong. So he's going to have like another – do you think Ambien caused the heart attack? I don't think he had a heart attack, man. I, th- I think Urban Meyer's like one of those people like where you're you're like in the hospital and he comes to see you and then all of a sudden he has that ailment, you know, and he he's like one of those people and everything, you know, where it's always about him and uh, the guy's just a giant phony and a jackass. Wow, tell tell the listeners how you really feel. I, I mean, you're calling him a hypochondriac, saying that uh, he's he, he's basically, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess he he just likes to borrow other people's ailments. That's rough. I, in the I've said it before. If Oscar Meyer is on fire in front of me, I probably pause and think if I want to put him out. Oh, I know how you put him out. You'd put him out by unslip, unzipping your fly. That's how you'd put him out. That's true. But uh, now this was interesting because. We did the first podcast of the season, and we didn't even know about this until I went to set up the uh, Smokey and the Bandit uh, Daily Fantasy League that we were going to do. This, when, when did FanDuel and DraftKings bow down to the cartel, the NCAA? I don't know. Who does the NCAA have as, like, hitmen? They, they, they must have somebody because everyone, whether it's EA Sports with the college football game, it's almost like the NCAA is trying to ruin everything that Smokey loves. Because I know that you used to play that game, and I know that you do the, the you're on DraftKings and FanDuel more than I am, and they're, they're just trying to ruin you. Fun. They're anti-fun. You, they're against celebrations. They're the cartel is against FanDuel. They're against uh, video games. There was there was some school there was some school uh, that the kids had extra money left over from buying books and they bought supplies and they they they, they called it an NCAA violation on it. I mean it's like absolutely ridiculous the way they handle student athletes. The NCAA is an archaic institution where all college football. I I just like to see schools just start saying no, we're leaving. We don't need you. Why well, why do they need the NCAA? I mean, I I understand for like other athletics that like they organize competitions, but college football would move on without it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know why. I'm still trying to figure out uh, the whole um, will. Uh, what, what was that guy's name at Florida last year that got suspended? Yeah, uh, you're talking about Greer. I I'm still trying to figure out how he's the first college football player ever to use steroids. Yeah, that 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 absolutely boggles my mind. We talked about it last year on the podcast with like the the basically uh, the medical testing that's done, and there's like a committee, and it's sometimes has Georgia fans on it, and you know all kinds of other things. But he's that the one about. kid I've never heard of any other player being suspended for over a year, and I'm just talking about that from the NCAA standpoint. It seems like a total double, triple, and quadruple standard for the NCAA. 
Yeah, you're right. Other than Will Greer, I have not heard of a single other player ever suspended for steroids. And I can't imagine with 116 teams, or however many there are in uh, FBS, that this has never come up before. I mean, either we don't hear about it, or they just absolutely singled out Will Greer. Or Will Greer is the dumbest guy on the planet. It very well could be the case. But now my favorite name to say on the podcast, Dabu Sweeney. (laughs) <laughs> I know you love that name. Did you see uh, him uh, talking about Colin Kaepernick? Yeah, you know, Sweeney came, you know, there's 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 been kind of a movement. Uh, obviously, everybody knows about the Kaepernick thing. And there's a question of whether college football players are going to start following uh, the suit and kneeling or sitting or whatever else they want to do to protest the anthem. And Dabu said that he is not going to punish his players if they – uh, you know, basically take some type of protest on the anthem. But you, first you off, agree with him? First, no. First off, he said he was against. He goes, I get Colin Kaepernick's right to protest, but I'm against it. And I couldn't agree more with Dabu Sweeney when he talked about college football is a team sport. When you take a protest, that is throwing the focus on you. That's a distraction to the team, and that's all – if Colin Kaepernick's to start in QB in San Francisco, he's not kneeling for the national anthem. You think that if he was if he if he was not the uh, the starter, if he was the backup, you're, you're saying why do you think if he was the starter it would be different? Because he would be too concerned about his job on the field. The only reason he's doing this is because he wants out of San Francisco, and I don't know why more of the talking heads aren't talking about it. Football is such a team sport. Anything that distracts from the mission at hand, winning, is a distraction. And that's what Sweeney said first. So I was all for that and everything. I get he's not going to punish. You know, you can't punish. It's, it is, don't get me wrong. We've talked about this, I think, last week. It is the individual's right to do this. It's just the wrong forum to be doing it in. Here, here, here's my problem with the entire media coverage of this thing and the way even Kaepernick's handling it right now. So he's got the focus on him now. So, I mean, right or wrong, he's got the focus. He's got America's attention. And what is he doing with, with this attention? That's, that, that, that's part of the questioning that I have, right? A lot of people are critical of that. People have said, well, his protest has started the dialogue, so he's already done his job. But the, the point here is that if you're I, – I do believe in, the, in, in his cause. I do believe in the cause of, of having the police and the community get tighter together. I agree with that. I think it's a noble cause. I don't agree with the, the, the method in which he's doing it is a thing. But why, are, why is he not talking about police forces that are actually doing good things in the community? Why aren't we hearing about, like, the Watts Bears? And how in the world did he lose his job to a guy who wasn't good enough to start in Jacksonville? Well, yeah, that's, another, that's another good question. But I want to finish with this Watts Bears uh, 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 team. It's a, it's a youth football team in the Watts Projects of L.A. coached by all LAPD officers. And they've been doing it for three years. This is their fourth season uh, now starting this fall, and they have lowered crime in the Watts projects by leaps and bounds because now the police are not seen as just the, yes, the, the popo. To be fair, or, full disclaimer, crime had nowhere to go but down in Watts. That's a good point. That's a good point. But it's, but it, it, it's, it's a great program, and it's these officers taking their time you know, uh, 
in order to coach football. And what they did is they took kids from all the different projects. So if you live in a Crips project or a Bloods project, they still have gang, you know, run projects. It doesn't matter when they all come on the when they all get on the football field because they're they're all on the same team, and it just it bridges that 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 distrust. I, Nobody's had you had you even ta- had you even heard about the Watch I football? Thought, team? I thought you were going to say it doesn't matter when they get on the football field because there's nowhere to hide a semi-automatic. <laughs> well, th- these kids should be too young to have a semi-automatic. I too. They're like so. eight and twelve year olds. Uh, no, I think it's so, a great thing. I I was not aware of this. Uh, I thought it was great, a great story, um, you know. And I just hope those kids just aren't uh, taking a knee when they play the national anthem before the game, considering their coaching staff are the police officers. Yeah, yeah that that would that would be that, that's a, that's a great point to to end it on. And I'll tell you what, I, I would love to hear from our listeners on this. I've heard from a couple of them. Um, why don't you go ahead and give them the uh, the handle before we get in the game? Uh, you can tweet us in at SmokeyBanditCFB, or if you want to be, because this is a sensitive topic, longer than 148 characters, that's SmokeyAndTheBanditCFB at Yahoo.com. All right, well, let's get into the games. We you know, shortened the, uh, the games. We're going to cover six games, and these are all huge games, in my opinion. They're all big games. Um, we're going to start off with the uh, the ACC battle. We got Florida State going to Louisville. Florida State is a two and a half point favorite. Who do you like? Yeah, this is the first game we're going to cover, and I got to tell you, I was flip flopping more times than a fat man in a waterbed on this game. Patented smoky phrase. Francois's not been tested yet, and I'm going to go next level stat here. You ready for this? Okay, next level. We need a drop here if we could, but yeah, go ahead. Guess what team leads the nation in allowing 20-yard plays against their defense? Florida State. Yeah, that was shocking. You think of Florida's defense uh, being, wow, I forgot we were a PG uh, podcast, man. Something something with tighter almost came out really bad there. But you expect the Florida State defense to be tight, you know, man up and everything. That's not the case. I'm going to go with Louisville on this game. I think they're going to win this game. All right, well, I am going to disagree with you. I'm going to take Florida State. I'm taking the other side, and I'm going to go next-level stats on you. Louisville, even though they've played College of Charlotte and Syracuse, they are negative three in the turnover battle. So Isn't Charlotte year. a football powerhouse, though, in Division 17? I, I do not think so at all. If you're negative three in the turnover margin, that evidently they have a problem fumbling the ball, it's not going to go away against Florida State. The turnovers are going to make the difference in this game. Florida State rolls, and I think that Dalvin Cook is going to have a uh, a big game against Louisville. Um, and action, Lamar Jackson uh, for Louisville is not going to get a lot done. Dalvin's yet to have a great game this year. I think this is his first. I think this is this is the one where he's going to go out. I think I think the Ole Miss game was more. Ole Miss was played pretty darn good, and then got absolutely. They started turning the ball over. So Florida State's forcing turnovers. That's how they're winning the games. I think that's how they win this one. Disagree. All right, you disagree. All right. So we got the we got Urban Meyer, the uh, Ambien uh, 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 taking one, uh, going to Bob Stoops. Who's he coach, uh, Urban Meyer? Uh, the, the Ohio State University. Good, very good. I, I didn't want your state dyslexia to kick in, and you say Iowa State. That's right. Four state, four, four letter states are not good to, to to the bandits. So we've got we've got Ohio State at Oklahoma. Uh, Ohio State a two and a half point favorite. They they like two and a half point spreads this week. Uh, what do you think about this one? 
Who's the coach of uh, Oklahoma? Bob Stoops. Big game boob. I know it ain't January, but this is a freaking big game. You know, both teams got great quarterback. They should be lighting up the sky. I got more faith in Ohio State's defense than Oklahoma's defense. Uh, I think JT Barrett improves his Heisman reel with this game. I'm taking the Ohio State University. All right, I completely agree with you. I don't think I need to go into more than than what you've already said. Oklahoma uh, looked so bad against Houston. Uh, they're at home. You know, I think this should be like about a seven point spread. Frankly, it's two and a half. Ohio State. JT Barrett. He's going to be in the Heisman conversation, and Urban Meyer has a deal with the devil. So um, we're going to go ahead and take Ohio State on both sides of this uh, at, over Oklahoma on the road. Uh, we got another game in the Pac-12 that's going to have a lot of Pac-12 implications. Uh, we got USC going to Stanford. Stanford, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Who you like? Is it me, or we got some really great games very early this year? We do, and, and a lot of good – I mean, it's because we got a couple of good non-conference games here. I mean, we've had Ohio State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma's played Houston. Uh, you know, it, it's just been uh, – uh, Pretty good all around. By the way, wouldn't it be great just uh, at the end of this weekend to see Oklahoma under the standings one and two? Yeah, that would be pretty funny. That and I think well, it's definitely going to happen. I, I definitely think Ohio State wins that game. You know, I, I think Stanford probably has more in common with Utah State than they do Alabama. Believe it or not, uh, I expect McCaffrey to get his yards here, probably two TDs, but the nine and a half. Uh, it's too much. It's too many points. I got to take USC and the points in this game. All right, I completely agree with you here, and you're right. You, what you what you uh, dropped there is is Utah State was who USC played last week, and they destroyed them. It's almost like after you play Alabama, it's it's like scrimmaging against like your toughest opponent, and and then you can destroy any, any anything else seems easy after that. I would think. Yeah. Stanford's not that good, um, and and you, you heard it here first. They're relying heavily on McCaffrey. If USC can just you know keep him somewhat in check, they should they they, they have a chance to win this game out, outright. If Max Brown and his talented wide receivers, like the guy that I love to say, Juju Smith Schuster, have a big game, USC could win this one outright. Yeah, I, I mean, I, they they very well may win this game outright. Yeah, that that'd be an interesting one to look on the money line. Um, but I'll tell you what, sticking in the Pac-12 and on the West Coast. And man, every single one of these games, I'll, uh, you know, it's just interesting. I, I we got UCLA going to BYU. UCLA is a three point favorite. Who you like? This is my favorite, probably pop reference cult, uh, reference of the season. So you know what I call uh, Rosen, right? Rosen penis. And what movie does that come from? Fletch. And where did Fletch have to go to uh, to get the? The clues to discover everything, no other than Provo, Utah. <laughs> wow, what a good reference! A Fletch. So this is basically the, the Fletch Bowl. Perfectly, this is the Fletch Bowl. We're just gonna we're gonna call we're gonna have Chevy Chase uh, be the honorary uh, uh, coin flipper, and uh, who are you like in the Fletch Bowl? Yeah, you know, where's that great BYU offense everybody was talking about before the start of the season? We've yet to see it. <laughs> I think they're averaging about sixteen to eighteen points a game. I got to go with Dr. Rosen Penis, man. He's he's looked pretty good passing the ball. He'll throw a couple of picks here, but I, how can you go against Rosen Penis in Provo, Utah? Give me UCLA to cover. 
Well, I, I am going to go completely the other way, and I'm going to go with BYU because I believe that Taysom Hill is the better of the two quarterbacks, period. He hasn't shown I, it I, yet. He hasn't shown it yet. I think he's shown it last year, and I think that he is going to have a big game here, and I do not like UCLA. I don't think Rosen. I think there's something to be said about – I think he, he was somewhat lucky to get the tie in uh, the first game of the season. Who did UCLA play? And they, 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 they like, tied Texas it up. Texas A&M, right. In, in the game against A&M, I think he got lucky. Uh, I, I think that I, I read somewhere that he's like clearly the best quarterback between these two. There's no way he's clearly the best quarterback between him and Hill. I, I think actually Hill is the better. And most importantly, I think BYU has a much better defense than UCLA. And I think it's going to show in this game. I think they're going to they're, they're going to bottle up UCLA. You're going to be calling me. At, at halftime, when when BYU is up seventeen to seven, and you're going to say, "Wow, this game is like UCLA can do nothing on offense against them." The only problem is you never answer your phone, so it'll go to voicemail. <laughs> good point. It's a good point. But I'll tell you what, I like this. I like BYU so much. I'm going to make it my lock of the week. Wow, that's dumb. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Ballsy, but well, you know, we got what? We got at least forty college football podcasts out there. But come on, people. How many of them gave you the Fletch connection to the Fletch Bowl? That's right. That's right. The Fletch connection. I'm never. I've never. Uh, I, I think this is a first. That's a first. So I, I definitely think the uh, that's a that's a great connection there. And gosh, Provo, Utah. Who who mentions that on the podcast? And, I don't and, know. and how many people get to say I'm putting my money on Rosen Penis? Only only you, Smokey. Only you. So we've got uh, two more games in the podcast. Big games, really, uh, in prime time. Uh, uh, both of them. So we've got Michigan State at Notre Dame. Really big for both these programs. Now, it's a must-win for both. Uh, Notre Dame's a seven and a half point favorite. Who you like? Could these two teams be the most disappointing teams of all the big schools? So far, yes. I mean, I, I don't know how Michigan State can be a disappointing one and zero, but yeah, yeah, they didn't look very good. I forget who they played. I mean, it was up. It's Furman. Yes, Furman. Furman. Where? What's that in Georgia? I, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell yeah, you. It must be in a four-letter state then. It, yeah, that's right. My my state selexia kicks in. This game is always close. What's it, seven and a half Notre Dame's favored by? Yeah, yeah. Michigan State's getting seven and a half points. Obviously, Notre Dame's got the better quarterback. I was reading today that uh, people think he can be, when he does go pro, the number one overall pick. Well, that doesn't matter when they're playing. I'm going to take Michigan State in the points. Again, it's going to be a three- to four-point game. All right, I heard this game described as the biggest game between these two since 1966, where they were 1-2, and two, and I don't even know how this happened back in 1966. They played to a 10-10 tie. That's because that's when they had leather helmets. I guess so. I guess they didn't want to you know, cause any more blood to get on, spilt on the field. Uh, Michigan State's coach was like 10 years old uh, uh, at the time. You're right, though. They struggled against Furman. But, I mean, I, I watched Notre Dame uh, earlier this season, and they really did not look very good. They looked like they were a little bit lost. Um, who's their coach? Chip Kelly? Is that right? Chip Anger Management Kelly. That's right. I, I get him and the, the Kelly that used to coach uh, uh, the Eagles mixed up. Are, are, those are two different guys, right? Uh, wait, you just called him Chip Kelly. Isn't that the guy that coached the Ducks? Brian. The Chip Ke- Brian Kelly. Yeah, I get I get I get him and Brian Kelly mixed up. Are they? I I, I get I get uh, the the Notre Dame coach is Brian Kelly. Chip Kelly is the the Oregon Eagles 
wherever else he's coaching guys. He's in San Francisco but, now. Oh, okay, that's great. He gets to deal with Kaepernick. Um, but anyway, now, I think no, Brian the Kelly coach doesn't deal with backups. <laughs> All right, that's a good point. That's a good point. So um, I agree with you, though. I like Michigan State and the points. I think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be a very exciting game. I don't think it's going to be a great football game, though. I don't think it's going to be uh, very well played. Um, but I'll tell you what I do think is going to be the best game this week, and that maybe is tipping my pick here. But the last one on the podcast, we got. It, it, I said it in prime time. It's an afternoon game, but we got Alabama going to Ole Miss. Fired up Nick Saban, ass chewing Lane Kiffin, going to Old Miss and Hugh Freeze and Chad Kelly and everyone else they've got over there. Who you like in this one? Alabama's a ten point favorite. Let me ask you this: How many times has Nick Saban lost to a team three years in a row? I I don't know that stat. Did you go next level to figure that one? I out? did not. I'm assuming the answer is never. And I'm continuing to say that answer is going to be never. This is my lock of the week. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Because not only is Alabama going to win, they are going to pour it on and not lift up that gas pedal. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad you said that. Because even before the podcast, I had already made my pick. And I picked Ole Miss. And I think Ole Miss is going to keep this thing within 10 points. They may not win, but it's going to be close. It's going to give a scare. I do think this Ole Miss offense is very, very good. I do think Chad Kelly, I think he's the number one pick next year in the draft. It's not uh, uh, Malik Zaire, uh, although people will give him a look. I have Kaiser Soze as the quarterback for Notre Dame. It, it, maybe it is Kaiser right now. It could, it could be Kaiser, but they also have Malik Zaire. So I always think I, – I think either of those two guys – put together aren't probably as good uh, a pro prospect as Chad Kelly. Um, so Chad Kelly, I think, and, and, and Ole Miss can keep this one close. I know it's an Alabama defense, but Ole Miss is at home, kind of disrespected with a 10-point you know, cushion, so to speak. i got to uh, take him in the points. And I love the fact that you picked him as a lock because you're going to go over 13 on the season. Well, to go for 13, I have to go for 3, so maybe you will be right. <laughs> That's right. You can't lose them all if you don't lose the first 3. So, all right. So, let's uh l- let's go ahead and wrap it up. That wraps up the show. I'll give you the last word. Got a lot of great games this week. I'll probably outpick Vandit yet again because uh, it's just the way I do things and uh go ahead and tweet us in. Email us in. Let us know what you think. Smokey Bandit CFB. We sitting in here. I supposed to be a franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. We sitting in here. I supposed to be a franchise player, and 